Maryville University and Maryville Hockey present Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Caesars Entertainment. Nationwide or worldwide, there will always be a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. Verizon Wireless, this is 5G built right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Championship taste for lunch, dinner, or a pregame feast. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey. Big city lifestyle, small school feel, first-class hockey experience. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com for all of your hockey needs, on ice or in line. By OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning product gets the funk out of your equipment or office. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. By the University of Arizona. And by Summer Skates. Show off your team pride with shower shoes and koozies for the whole squad at IcetimeHockeySW.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Maryville University and Maryville University Hockey Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. Well, welcome in, college hockey fans, ACHA hockey fans as it may be. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at Maryville University and the Maryville University States Hockey Programs. Scott Strandy joining you, not from uh, Scottsdale, Arizona today, where it's probably 125 and melting. I am uh, in 115 and the 24th floor of the Rio Hotel in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, doing a show a little early tonight because of the uh, obvious reason. The uh, Vegas Golden Knights and Montreal Canadiens will be playing game two. And my co-host, Stephen Marsh, joining me from Las Vegas as well. Stephen will be joining me and we'll be double teaming it tonight to uh, to bring you all the action uh, via Twitter and Instagram. So tune in tonight to both of our accounts and, and check things out. Stephen, how are you? I'm good, Scott. Yeah, it's it's not as hot as it is in Arizona, where you said it's what 120 something. It's only a very nice and cool 115 here today, or whatever the temperature is. But it's uh, it's hot out there, so it's what is it perfect time for? It's perfect hockey weather, that's for sure. Yeah, bring it on, right? Uh, <laughs> no place better to be than inside a cool ice arena tonight. Um, this is a uh, club hockey Southwest Weekly, where we normally will talk a lot of club hockey. Uh, tonight, we're going to break it up. We're going to bring on uh, the head coach from the uh, UNLV Skating Rebels. We're going to bring on Anthony Vigneri-Greener at about 3.30 or so, so in about 30 minutes. And again, I apologize to everybody that may be trying to listen to us live. We are a little early, but for obvious reasons, uh, it's going to make it impossible to do it from the game uh, tonight. So, okay, what do you got, Stephen? You got anything new and exciting on the fronts of club hockey? No, well... No. Well, <laughs> well, really the only thing that's new is it's perfect because we have UNLV's head coach on in a few minutes here. It's a uh, UNLV schedule came out uh, last week. Of course, we didn't really get a chance to talk about it because of um, since it's come out, but then also some new commits for, for UNLV as well. Um, that a couple of weeks ago, they announced that and we haven't really had a chance to address that on this show because of we had Chris Perry on last week, but and we'll ask Coach McNary Green about some of these players, but let me just run through some of the ones that they have uh, uh, announced here in the last couple of weeks. Uh, so this one, first one is Cole Wyatt, a forward from Sherwood Park, Alberta. So that was that's he's on the UNLV now, and we got Adam Victorino, a defenseman from Fairbanks, Alaska. We welcome him to UNLV. Luke Burke, 
a forward from Dexter, Michigan. Uh, previously played at Adrian College of the ACHA. So here you got somebody here from that's coming from over from Adrian. So that's that's that'll be we'll have to ask Coach Greener about about him. Uh, Ezekiel uh, Estrada, a forward from Anaheim, California. You know we've talked about how big the uh, pool in California is becoming, and so they've they've got this guy from uh, California, Anaheim, California, uh, signing with UNLV. So those are some new players that UNLV has added to their lineup in the last uh, couple of weeks. And of course the schedules come out and we'll talk more about that in depth when we, in a few minutes, but that's the, that's the only thing new that I could see from the, uh, from perspective of the ACHA as we're in the off season here, but not really an off season completely. Of course there's always work going on, but, but in just regards to a lot of the main news and headlines. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I will break some news uh, for people maybe in the Southwest that weren't paying attention. There's going to be a new NCAA hockey team coming in in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Augustana University is uh, set to bring on an NCAA Division I hockey program uh, starting in 2023. Um, as always, or it seems when, when these things happen, Stephen, it's a big donor that uh, that comes up with the money and, and makes the donation to make it happen. So, um First Division One hockey program in the state of South Dakota. So uh, kudos to them for uh, for getting it done. It's uh, it's pretty cool when you can uh, actually start a new program like that. ASU did it obviously, which was uh, you know a, a real plus. But then um, and we know Lindenwood is making the jump, but they've had a successful um, ACHA program for years. So making that jump not quite as difficult, I would think, as trying to start from scratch like uh, Augustana is. Yeah, no, I, I think that's the difference. You know, ASU when they became an NCAA program, they had or they've already were established in a, a good realm with the ACHA and the success that they had there with with Greg Powers and obviously um, getting money and everything uh, flowing through the program. Uh, Linden, one as you mentioned, they're going to make that jump and they've got another team that's kind of established in the ACHA and and has done well there. Um, they're going to get a chance to move up, but this team that you just not, talked about. Uh, doesn't seem like doesn't have a lot of history in a, in a leather league. It's certainly not the ACHA, so it's not a team that's going to be necessarily promoting the summit. It's going to be a team that's kind of start from scratch. We know a little bit thing about about teams starting from scratch out here in Las Vegas, of course, with the uh, the NHL's Vegas Golden Knights and a team that came to, together from scratch. Uh, a little bit of a different circumstance, obviously, being NHL hockey, but it's 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 going to be uh, it'll be fun to to see how how that team comes together in the NCAA ranks and and how. And how they can mix themselves in with some of these these really good teams in at the NCAA level. Let let me tell you this: um, they have a tremendous uh, USHL program in Sioux Falls, and I think that's feeding it. Um, last night on College Hockey Southwest Weekly, Paul and I had the head coach from Air Force on, Frank Serratori, and um, Frank was open and and honest, and and he said he's a little worried about NCAA hockey right now because. He thinks uh, the teams have started to scatter and kind of go their own ways and not really coming together as a group. So he he was advocating for them to uh, use strength and numbers and, and bring their programs together. I, again, for people that aren't watching, I don't want to get too far off on a tangent, but um, Robert Morris, which has a very dominating um, uh, ACHA program and a great NCAA program as well, uh, their program, their NCAA program, just up and vanished just like that. Uh, the players got a, about a 24 to 48 hour notice before the president of the uh, university and a um, 
one of their other uh, board members decided that no, they, they just weren't going to fund it anymore. There wouldn't be a team. So uh, that's happening. Alaska is having some issues trying to get um, Alaska Fairbanks uh, back on, uh, on solid ground and, Anchorage, of course, is up there, but they're struggling a little bit as well. And and we saw what happened in Huntsville. Their program got a reprieve. Uh, they raised a bunch of money, and then they, they took a whole year off this year coming up because they said they weren't in a conference and they couldn't get a schedule, which to me, it just blows me away. But So anyway, when we look at, and the reason I bring it up is when you look at the NCAA hockey, you see that there's issues here and there. But coming out of the pandemic, I've heard very little, and, and Chris Perry said the same thing. We've heard very little of teams not um, not surviving the pandemic from the ACHA D1 level. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we're kind of now seeing the, the dust settle from the pandemic. You know, there was so much, you know, uncertainty, and there was a lot of, you know, worrying about get, getting the season in and, and now that we've kind of had a, a chance to have everything's kind of starting to, to settle now with the pandemic and things are starting to come back to pre-pandemic times, we're kind of now seeing what after effects of that. And, and we're seeing some, unfortunately, some, some sad things in, in regards to that with, with teams that maybe um, maybe a casualty of the pandemic because of, of universities pulling out certain programs. Um, and in certain in hockey and Southern other sports too, we're seeing UN, universities uh, taking sports away because um, you know, reevaluating their athletic departments and, you know, trying to figure out how to save on costs and stuff, especially during after the, the COVID pandemic and what that did to a lot of schools financially. And, and so that, that's the unfortunate thing about it. And in some cases, uh, and, and, and it probably translates to club sports too, and whether it's feasible to have some, some club teams um, around too. And so it's, uh, that's the unfortunate thing. We hope that maybe as we get things back to how they were, and maybe these universities can start to, Get the funding did, again. Did you almost use the word normal? Did I almost hear when things get back to normal out of you? <laughs> it's gonna happen, Scott. I keep telling myself it's gonna happen. It's gonna be normal. If you've been in Vegas a few days and you've been in T-Mobile the last couple of playoff games, did it seem normal in there to you? I mean, we're, yeah, we're it very, very <laughs> seem very, very normal to be honest with you. And I said the same thing as I as I told you the other night on Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. I said uh, I don't know what Vegas can do. I just don't know what they can do more. Um, you hit a point. Now, I was quickly rebutted by you and others that told me that not to worry about Vegas. They can find ways to continue to uh, to keep the uh, energy level up, if you will. And, and we'll find out again tonight in about, I don't know, what, less than three hours now until, until face-off. But um, one of the things that, that I think with ACHA programs, we know it's pay-to-play, right? So um, the universities don't often put a lot into their programs. It's usually – that the players themselves doing fundraising and paying for their uh, dues and different things that it takes. So I think the ACHA Steven is in a better position than even NCAA hockey right now, because uh, it's no secret NCAA hockey depends on the university for their scholarship money and they have to match title nine and they, uh, they have to have boosters and there's travel expenses. It's, it's a lot of uh, revenue uh, that is needed to be generated for them to continue their programs where ACHA maybe not quite so much. Very true. Very true. I mean, you look at ACHA programs, you're right. The players pay the, 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 the play themselves. The funding comes from usually outside sources, whether it be donors or whether it be obviously ticket sales, merchandise sales, and, 
and that's part of the, the battle there. But uh, yeah, there's not a lot of um, input or financial uh, support that a lot of schools. There's not as much of a cost for these schools to have these these some of these club teams exist, so it's not as much of a burden for them. But um, but certainly there's some schools where they may have a little bit of a of a of a financial input there. But but yeah, there's certainly that's the case, and certainly NCAA is very uh, expensive, and especially the, the other the top sports, football, basketball, the are the money makers for schools and. And we saw last year with COVID, a lot of empty stadiums and a lot of lost revenue there and, and probably having to, to reevaluate athletic programs and, and seeing, you know, what, what in your right, it's also Title IX things, so you have to have, you know, that, and, and, uh, which is a, not a bad thing, but you have to have that component that you have to add in there with, uh, with, with that aspect of it. So it just makes, it makes it a little bit more, more tougher. And, and we've seen athletic programs in other universities cut certain sports that have been around or – you know, like maybe it's a baseball team, baseball program, or in some cases, maybe it's a hockey program if they have one. And um, so now we're kind of seeing that now as as the dust has settled on the on the pandemic. So it's unfortunate, and uh, as you, it's the case of that one school that you mentioned there in the NCAA. But uh, we hope that you know that maybe at some point they can come back. You know, they can as fast as they bring these these let these sports go away that maybe they can they can come come back at some point. Well, let me tell you, there has been a ton of pressure. Robert Morris is located in uh, Pittsburgh, right? They just were the host school for the uh, Frozen Four that I attended in April. Um, and then to have the plug pull, pulled on the program uh, just like that, uh, it was really a disservice to not only the coaching staff but the players because when you pull a, a plug on a program in May, those kids had nowhere to go, right? I mean, almost every other rosters, uh, every other team's rosters were were full. So – that was really a bad deal on that part of it. And when you give them just such a short notice, I mean, it caught everybody by surprise. And uh, right now, everybody in the Pittsburgh area is doing everything they can to try to find a university, um, either get them some help to bring the program back or find another university because they want NCAA hockey in the Pittsburgh region. They feel like it's, you know, even the from the Penguins down, feel like it is essential so we'll see what happens there. That, that of course, NCAA hockey. I know we're talking uh, ACHA hockey, but before we bring on the coach here in about 15 minutes, let's, um, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in Vegas because I think it, keeps, it needs to keep be brought up, right? I mean, we're hearing a lot of people say, oh, uh, the Golden Knights get everything. They get the players they want. They get this. They get that. They haven't had to lose. Um, well, you know what? The, the problem with, with people thinking that way is that uh, the Vegas Golden Knights management, ownership, and players have made it so they don't lose, right? I mean, uh, and, and it's bled over. I mean, all you have to do is look at the number of rinks that are being built, and you look at what uh, the Silver Knights did, and you look at what um, the, uh, the Rebels are doing uh, with attendance and things that they're doing and the schedule they're putting together. And like I said, Coach Greener will tell us about the schedule and some of his players. But uh, you being a Vegas resident, tell this audience, Stephen, What's it like to uh, to see hockey flourish over the last four or five years? Man, it's been real exciting. I'd be honest with you. I mean, there's not a lot of words there, but it's been exciting. And and yeah, you look at the Golden Knights. I mean, they they've certainly built to win from the beginning. Well, I mean, they certainly had expectations that they wanted to be successful early on in their history. 
I think, you know, there was a five-year plan. I think they wanted to have a cup. Well, we're year four now, and they certainly have a real good chance of exceeding that and, and winning the uh, cup how does our friend? How does our friend at Sinbin say it? For the cup? F-O-U-R, <laughs> the cup? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's right. That's what he. That's what they over there are doing that. And, and it, it's, it's certainly the case, and it could be the case. But, yeah, you look at you look at, uh, look at the Golden Knights. Now you look at the Silver Knights came into play, and they had a really good first season as, as best as you can have you know, as other than short of winning the division title, but a good successful first season and coming in in a pandemic season too, not, not an easy thing to do, but they did well with that. We look at the ECHL affiliate in Fort Wayne. The Comets are in the, the conference championships of the, of the Kelly cup playoffs in the ECHL. So this whole organization is, is really rooted on success right now from the top to the, to the bottom. And they're at the double a level. So that's just shows success there. And then, you know, and, and who benefits from that is, UNLV benefits from that because there's so much um, interest in hockey here now, more so than there had been before. And and they have, of course, they benefit in more ways than one. First of all, the big beneficiary of that is a nice place to play their games, a nice solid home at City National Arena. They have their own locker room there. I mean, that's something that they didn't have before the Golden Knights came into the fold. Um, they get a good crowd of people that want to come see a hockey game because they know the success of the Golden Knights and – and they want to maybe they can't afford to go to every Golden Knights game, so they go and check out some good hockey at UNLV. Now you got the Silver Knights that are part of that, so that's that's another thing. And and you just have so much, uh, and it gives a great recruiting uh, tool for UNLV to use as well because they they have City National Arena. They can bring the players and say, hey, this is where we play. This is where the Golden Knights practice. This is this is you know the city where the Golden Knights reside, and the fans are passionate about the hockey. And and, and a lot of these players see that on TV where they're where they're playing. They see Vegas. They see what the excitement for the fans of the Golden Knights are, and then they see the fan excitement for the fans at UNLV. So um, UNLV has certainly benefited from the rise of the Golden Knights and the success that they've had. It certainly has benefited UNLV too, and and that's just a credit to to everybody involved, uh, from Anthony Vigneri-Green and Nick Raboni being able to, to to feed off of that and and to and to model a lot of what they want to do. In regards to in-game entertainment and and production on the ice, similar to the Golden Knights, because they know yeah. how it works for the Golden Knights, and and, and they want to they want to try to em- emulate that and it and really be one of the best shows in the ACHA and, and one of the toughest places to play. Like T-Mobile is for the Golden Knights, City National Arena, and and all the fans there that come to games. It's a tough place to play. It's it's a pretty loud environment too. So um, it just it, it yeah, just it, it, it just I, trickles I think down. You hit it all right on the head. It's uh, it's what's happening. Uh, I want to add to that that uh, it starts at the top, and Bill Foley being the owner that he is, he is uh, more than a man of his word because he told the NHL when they came in that they would not only field a competitive team right away, and they did, uh, but he also has lived up to his promise to the NHL and part of the agreement when you get a new franchise to add ice sheets. And uh, for those that are listening and, and maybe don't know that much about Vegas, let me tell you what it is. City National. Well, let's start at the very beginning. T-Mobile came in, although he didn't have a lot to do with that. It was done by MGM, and he just got a, a, a tenant agreement to play there. Um, but City National, two ice sheets. Uh, Henderson now at Lifeguard, two ice sheets. Uh, the new building coming up, the Dollar Loan Center, um, coming up the 6,000-seat facility for the Henderson Silver Knights which is probably a little more than half done right now, I would say. Um, and now already plans for uh, another two-sheet 
uh, going in down south Las Vegas. So um, for I, I think back, Stephen, and I'll tie this back to, to ACHA. When I first came up to Vegas um, six years ago, and I met um, Z-Con at the time and Anthony and uh, Nick Raboni, and um, I asked them about their dream and their plans and what they wanted to do, and they all spelled it out as how they would like to see it go. Uh, then I watched their D2 team play, and they were just now getting their legs under them, and, but all of a sudden they became dominant in D2, and they spent a couple of years just destroying teams in the D2 level, and then they made the jump to D1, and the success continues at that level. So it's been a whole project for the whole city of Las Vegas, the, the state of Nevada, the community around Las Vegas, Henderson, and everywhere that uh, that has uh, youth hockey teams. And it's just something that I think other cities should should model after. I hope Seattle does something close to that. Um, it, it's good for us, but it's a little bit bad, I think, for Seattle is instead of having uh, maybe a Portland or something closer to them for their AHL facility, they're going to have it in Palm Springs, which we love. Makes it a little easier for us to cover, but um, it's not the same as what Vegas has done. Everything Vegas has done has been methodical, and um, well-planned out. Absolutely. And, of course, when the Golden Knights started play here, their AHL affiliate was in Chicago, but they knew right from the beginning that they did want their AHL club to be very close to them, and and they just took a few years to figure something out and, and get that planned into motion. And actually, when they started building Lifeguard Arena, they didn't necessarily have a AHL uh, team coming at that time, so they started building – that they were still committed to building a uh, rink in Henderson, and then the the chips fell where they may, and they were able to get a, a purchase of existing AHL franchise in San Antonio, and, and then bring them out here and re and and start this new franchise in Henderson, and then be able to, then to readjust their building plans and add some things on, as was explained to us when we took a tour of the building, and to to house the AHL yeah, the, team, the, their the offices. Ultimate. And, the ultimate AHL add-on, right? It's a lean-to, <laughs> right? <laughs> not quite. Exactly. Not quite. Exactly. It'll be. It's going to be. It's probably the nicest uh, facility for our AHL team for sure. And then the arena they're going to play in is going to be really nice too. I mean, you see renderings of that, and it's uh, it's really nice. And you know, there's excitement for hockey in Seattle too. And and we'll see how that pans out. Yeah, their AHL club is going to be in Palm Springs, which you know isn't a bad place to play hockey either in the winter time, but. It's not going to be as close proximity, although it's, it's still pretty easy to get from, I'm sure, from California to Seattle pretty easily. So that shouldn't be too bad. But it's not like you can just drive across town like the Golden Knights and the Silver Knights can do now. And certainly some of these other teams out here with the Ducks and, and San Diego and, and the Ontario Reign and the LA Kings and obviously Arizona, Phoenix, and Tucson right there as well. So And Colorado yeah, as well. Good, so. All good stuff. Um, I did want to mention as well before uh, – Coach Greener comes on that uh, um, we have expanded our coverage because you just were bored and wanted to travel all over. <laughs> so I said, Stephen, here's what we'll do for you. We'll cover the entire WCHL and give you a chance to uh, go to uh, Missouri State and Oklahoma, <laughs> Central Oklahoma. Yeah, you're laughing. <laughs> but, but but those teams are coming here too. So I just thought, and Stephen, after going to the, the ACHA D1 tournament, I, I thought, the WCHL needs needs some more coverage, right? I mean, there's good teams playing there, and and the the best teams in in the ACHAD one have their good coverage. Uh, their schools um, have have a lot of support, 
So it's time for the WCHL to rise up and uh, let's bring all these ships up. I know uh, when we had Chris Perry on just uh, the other day or a week ago, I guess it was, um, we were talking about the uh, the opportunities that are there and, and maybe the, the lowest level right now is Colorado State, which um, is still looking for their head coach as far as I know. And when they have that solidified, that should help them get underway. But otherwise, top to bottom, all 10 of those teams that we have on the coverage map are uh, are very quality hockey teams, and we're going to see a bunch of them um, passing through our immediate area here in Vegas and Phoenix. But it's going to be fun to get out and see what those guys do on the road. I, I joked with Danny Roy because he's taking a trip. Uh, I think his second uh, series of games is, is going to be in Maryville and uh, Missouri State. So, um, you know, that, that just says – the competition level is rising. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at UNLV's schedule, and, and we'll dive into it when, and we'll ask Coach Vigneri Greener in a few minutes, and we'll kind of break it down. But um, you look at the teams they're going to be playing this year, you know, Illinois, who they played, you know, they played, they're going to play Arizona, Missouri State, obviously, Grand Canyon. I mean, it's a tough schedule. And they're going to go to Liberty, which we've talked about before. They're going to make a trip yeah, out. Guess, to- guess who's waiting to go to that trip? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> and, and, yeah, I, I, I think that's going to be a, a fantastic uh, way to test where they're at in January, so they know what they have left to uh, to perform if they want to qualify for that national tournament. And we've talked about all along, right? The WCHL is going to be competitive, and and competitive means that you're going to have to be good and win some games if you're going to uh, secure a spot. Uh, without the auto bid. Yeah, and and I look back to a couple seasons ago where UNLV had that really long losing skid, you know, and and you think at that point could they could they make it? And they 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 did have a turnaround and they were able to get a spot. But I, I wonder, you know, the competition is so so tough. And now that they're going to be in a in a conference, you know, you can't really afford to lose a bunch of games and and make the tournament. Um, of course, you know, depending on how the rankings are done, and again, that's that's another issue. But it's... Yeah, you love the rankings, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know somebody that uh, that really loves the rankings in this league, and I won't mention his name on the air here because <laughs> I don't want to get ourselves in trouble. But but you know, it's it's real interesting though, and it's it will be you know being in a competitive uh, conference or in this case a league, it's could be beneficial too because there's going to be a lot of close games, I would imagine, and and that tends to bode bode well too and and there'll be some some games where there'll be some mismatches and stuff i'm sure but it, it's going to be good competition i mean that the teams are going to play in this this league for sure which will be a majority of their games all have good good teams um and the t- one team that they're not playing colorado state is maybe the one we talked about that's kind of built but they're not scheduled to play them this year so um so that's you know i look you know it, it's tough i mean it's going to be it's really going to test you know you look at the schedule that you know v has had in the past, and I'm just talking from a UNLV perspective, and they've had some tough schedules, but this one, this one is really, uh, is really tough. Um, I mean, it, it has the potential to be a really tough, tough schedule for sure. Just the teams that they are scheduled to play, if all these teams pan out to have the expectations that they do. So, yeah, I thought it was uh, kind of funny the way Chris Perry said it was like, yeah, he said with uh, with UNLV scheduling. Um, they, they found out that they have to play all these conference games and it, it doesn't leave them a lot of time around it. So uh, they're getting used to the fact that, you know, when you're an independent, you schedule anything you want, but when now you're in the league, you gotta, you gotta do the league games and, 
and then you can work around that to, to schedule. So it'll be fun to ask coach about that and see how, how that was for scheduling games and how difficult. And we know in the WCHL that um, Chad Berman down in Arizona has got a real battle because uh, he doesn't have his own ice surface. So he's got to not only work around the uh, TCC, the Tucson Convention Center, but he also has to work around the uh, AHL affiliate of the Coyotes, the Tucson Roadrunners. So it's it's difficult for for uh, uh, Coach uh, Berman to get a full schedule out, and that's why we see UNLV with the uh, with their time with their uh, ability to play at City National to be able to put a schedule out in June, right? Um, Coach Berman told me he thought it'd be mid July before he was able to put out his schedule officially. So, um, you know, Grand Canyon has kind of leaked theirs out, but they haven't put specific days on it yet. So. What we're trying to do, Stephen, and I don't know if I've even told you this that, but we're trying to um, put a composite schedule for the WCHL all together on our website at icetimehockeysw.com where you can go and look at the composite schedule and see who's playing who on every given weekend or whenever they might be playing, whether it be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Well, that's great, and UNLV certainly has – given us a good starting base because they they have put their schedule out there they have dates they have times although times could always change and and the locations of where those games are at so i'll just you talked about university of arizona some you know even though they haven't been able to release this we know tentatively january 21st and the 22nd unlv will be in tucson and to play uh, university of arizona and they're going to be in vegas earlier than that they're going to be in vegas october 22nd and the 23rd so that takes care of you know these matches up, up with arizona and uh, certainly with uh, ASU, it's the same thing. They're going to play at ASU late late in the season in February, and they're going to ASU will be uh, in in Vegas uh, uh, in December. So um, we kind of know UNLV's been able to put their schedule out there, so we already kind of know, and and we already can kind of have a starting base. And as the other teams continue to put out their schedules, we'll we'll be able to kind of put together a a breakdown of these different uh, these different teams and and where they're going to play. But there's going to be every week, and there'll be some some games going on, which will be exciting for us, Scott, because I was, I said this, I said this, I think on the last show we did, uh, when we started doing this podcast, you start asked me to be involved and start doing these po- podcasts. We really haven't had any games with all our teams uh, since then. You know, this was just as the <laughs> COVID pandemic just, was starting. Talk hockey. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't really had a chance to follow any season because the UNLV, the ACHA right. season was just wrapping, well, the regular season was wrapped up. We were gearing up for a national tournament in Texas and then everything, of course, we know what happened from then and, we're still waiting for some games. So this fall, fingers crossed, toes crossed, and shots in the arms well, of people getting vaccinated, we're gonna have we're gonna have some games finally, and we're really gonna be able to get things going with this podcast and everything we would want to do at this level with the ACHA. We it's it's been really tough with the with COVID, and we've done a great job of being able to. And I think that's another benefit of that too is we've been able to have time to kind of do uh, have certain guests on and be able to talk more about these teams than maybe if we're in a in a season mode because they're so busy trying to to guide their teams in, in season mode. But um, so that's been great. But now to be able to have games and, and to have matchups and, and see these teams battle it out on the ice, instead of just talking about, about it for over a year now, that's well, going to be exciting. I don't know if you've heard the rumors yet, but I think we got coach. We're going to go to coach here in just a minute, but the rumors are Steven, that there's a lot of people that are putting the blame for the pandemic on you because you came on board to start doing the, the podcast. And then all of a sudden everything ended. Well, don't put that your on shoulders. Your shoulders, okay? <laughs> don't put don't put that on me. Don't put that on me. I don't want to bear any responsibility for this uh, for this pandemic. All There's right. a lot of blame being thrown around on where 
how it all started. And I don't uh, want my name to be thrown into that. Any uh, of that. Okay. We'll, we'll let you go. Okay. It's our pleasure to bring on the head coach from uh, UNLV, Anthony Vigneri Greener. Coach, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing good. We're just bashing your schedule a little bit and talking about your players and seeing how you got all these great studs that you're bringing in to, uh, to, to run your program now. What in the world's going on? You guys are great. Yeah, everything's going good, uh, going according to plan. Hopefully everything stays like you guys were just mentioned. If uh, everybody uh, does their part, it looks like we'll have a season next year. Yeah, that's kind of interesting you mentioned that because we, you guys released a schedule last year when we were in the middle of this and we were thinking, well, maybe things will be better and we'll have a season. Obviously, everything that took place after that and we didn't have a season and, and now – we're finally at this point here again. Fingers crossed, toes crossed, and we hope that everything. We're actually gonna. We're actually gonna have a season. As you guys are getting closer now to the season, you know, October first is when you're gonna start your season. Obviously, you'll start getting into training camp and stuff before that. Is there extra excitement now? You actually are gonna get to play some games, hopefully. Yeah, the kids are itching to get back. I know we are as a staff. Um, just the buzz. It's been over a year since we played a game. Um, it'll be a year and a half at that point, but, uh, yeah, all the kids, I've never had this many kids stay in Vegas to train all summer. We have 16 kids staying back after 34 and, uh, so it's just, like you said, a lot of excitement. They can't wait to get back and either can I, well, we know the baby's going to be excited, right? Scott, <laughs> she sounds ready yeah, oh, yeah. to go, Anthony. She, <laughs> yeah, she's always ready to go. I'm excited to okay. get her in her first game. Uh, there you go. Um, give, give her some headphones to, to cover those ears because you guys are loud. You guys are as All loud right. as uh, one, any of the ACHA teams I've ever been around. So, Okay, I want to touch on a couple of things about your schedule. Um, I'm giving you three points, and then you can just break them down as you will. But uh, starting off with the University of Illinois, I know you guys uh, like playing them. Um, you've played them in the showcase, if I'm not uh, mistaken correct out in chicago yeah we played them two years in a row so uh definitely excited to have fabs come to vegas finally i know we've been to chicago twice we're going to go there again next year <laughs> he puts on an awesome showcase but he'll be <clears throat> fabs his first time coming down here i was just at a, a showcase in chicago with him a couple weeks ago and uh, i was joking around told him on take their kids out Friday night just so they're all nice and ready for Saturday. <laughs> he said, absolutely not. But, uh, yeah, they, he's got a great recruiting class coming in. There's a lot of teams that have done some great work and uh, definitely going to be tough to beat. But we wanted to start out with a good team in the top five, top ten, uh, just to kind of see where we're gauge where we're at. And um, it doesn't get any better than having uh, Fabs come in with uh, Illinois. <laughs> Okay, I got one more, and then uh, we'll let Stephen break down the uh, the WCHL with you. But um, I know Stephen's excited because he thinks I should send him to uh, Liberty when you guys go out to Liberty to play in January. So uh, tell us about that trip and how it all come uh, came about for you as far as being able to go out and play a top-caliber team like Liberty as well. We've had Liberty on the schedule the last, um, last year as well. Uh, just, you know, uh, Kirk runs a – Great program there. They get four to six thousand people per game, um, so it'll be a shell shock for the guys. 
but it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. Um, you know, we have a lot of people at our games, but not 4,000 people. Um, it's really nothing to do there. So what better place to go to a hockey game on a Friday night? And actually, we're going to be a part of their midnight game. So we're going to do a midnight game this year, and they they always do a midnight game. So it'll be interesting to see. Well, that, that'll take Stephen right out because he can't stay up that late. But uh, <laughs> anyway, and the final one before we jump into your, your new conference schedule is uh, the last games of the uh, regular season, you're bringing in Oregon. And uh, that's kind of unique in the fact that Danny Roy over at uh, GCU's got them coming in too. And uh, tell us a little bit about Oregon and their uh, interest in playing some D1 games this year. Uh, I, I've known Riley for a couple of years and he's kind of turned their program around. So they're trying to make the jump to Division One, And we were there in that same boat. Uh, at one point where you need to get some Division One games. So uh, I think it would be good for them to come out and uh, try to, you know, play a Division One team here. And then so we'll just see how it goes. Okay, Stephen, break down that, uh, that WCHL schedule. First year in the conference. That's right. So this is your first year in the WCHL officially. Obviously, you guys joined last year, but didn't. This will be the first season you compete in it. Um, I guess you already play a lot of these teams already, but you know, as you guys now have to put the schedule together, obviously now you you had to you had to put conf- more conference games in there. So um, was that any more challenging for you, or is it kind of nice that you had you already kind of know that a lot of your schedule is set with you know playing home and away teams in your division, so to speak, and then you know you're going to play away and then at home. It, it maybe helps that kind of uh, aspect better, doesn't it? Yeah, um, like you said, we already play those teams, or we tried to just geographically and financially. It makes sense for us. Um, so for Perry to have us join the league and whatnot, the schedule's already set, and just you know gives us here's your dates you're going, here's their dates you're coming. He maps everything around what you already have. Uh, makes it a lot easier, and actually we're actually playing for something, you know. So I like the idea that we have all these regular season games that we're playing towards. A goal, you know, that's just another goal we'll put on our goal chart is to win that division and then go from there. So when you're looking at these um, matchups, and, and I want to look at, you said you're going to do a midnight game, and, and I'm looking at the website, if I have it correct, that's going to be against Utah in October. Um, what what is, it, um, what is it about the WCHL that's going to be so uh, difficult? Um, we know how good these teams are, but now that you guys are officially in the conference and you're going to play these teams with with a division, with a conference champion or conference title at stake, um, what is it gonna? What is that gonna do for the for the the, the level of that you guys want to reach at it as a as a program? I just like you said, the, the competition's already there. Um, playing them a home and away gives us a shot, make it fair for everybody. Where you play at home and see where you're at, and then when you're on the road, it's a different ball game. Everybody plays better at home, I feel like, but. Just to be in a league where you can compete and you're playing for a conference championship gives like an added bonus and whatnot. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I don't think anything changes because the rivalries that we've built with U of A and ASU over time. Um, so uh, I'm just really excited to get back. You know, I, just, I can't wait to, to have the kids be back here August 6th. Get ready to go straight right into camp and go from there. Okay, Anthony. I want to ask you uh, uh, real quickly about the, um, the the teams in the in the WCHL and not only the competition level but the program status. I mean, you got some 
Uh, obviously, ASU won the uh, the national title a while back, and then UCO's won it a couple times. And um, increasing that that level of competition um, makes you better. Oh yeah, I, I think that um, it sometimes hurts us when we play lower teams that are ranked lower than us, a lot lower than us. I'll say uh, we've all been there before, so there's nothing against those teams. But um, when you play teams like that, you tend to you know, um, your structure breaks down, the kids get bad habits, they do more than they should, um, you know, they're not buying into the system because their skill level is just obviously better than most of the kids on the other team, so it's tough to coach a game like that because a lot of the times um, you play down, and that's one thing we've preached over years, good teams don't play down to other teams, and sometimes we've fallen into that category where we just play down, where you watch other, you know, great teams, and that's what we're trying to become is a great team. They play at one speed the whole time, no matter who they're playing, if it's a Division II team, if it's a top-tier ACHA Division I team, or if they're playing an NCAA Division III team. They play, you know, the, the structure is the same, the intensity is the same, they don't give up, they don't take their foot off the pedal. So that's, uh, that's just something that uh, we're going to get to this year. I got one more for you, and then Stephen can jump in again. But um, when we uh, we talked to Coach Berman a couple of weeks ago, um, he, he brought up the fact that he thought the sleeper team right now is Grand Canyon, just what he'd seen on, them doing on paper. Uh, do you have a sleeper team right now or a team that you think uh, might surprise people this year? No, I feel like, all, like I said, all of the coaches have done a really good job, done their recruiting, getting their kids, however they do it, you know, with their pitch and making sure – that the, it's a fit for the player and their school and their program. So I don't really have a sleeper team. Um, I don't really follow too much of the other teams. I know some coaches are big on that. That's just not uh, mine or Nick's style. Um, I'm worried about our program, our program only. So uh, I, I hoped, you know, I'd love to see them to put a better product on the ice, and I'm sure they feel the same way as us. It just makes hockey better in the West. Um, so I hope it's a dogfight every game. You're fighting for a point every night where it's just not – there's a couple of top-end teams in the league and then there's some bottom feeders. I hope everybody's competitive and, and they compete every night. All right, I want to ask about just – people can look at the schedule and we'll – you know, but I just want to – what are you guys doing to like – like as you have a season to get ready to start, like what are you doing in regards to like – what are you going to do like promotion wise and high, you know, special weekends and, and what are, what can you share about that, about what works, what plans are in the works for, for these games that you do have at home this year and what fans can expect uh, this upcoming season? Because as you said, the games are always great, but just maybe able to take it to another level. Yeah. I think that uh, each year it gets better and better. Uh, we do have three specialty weekends uh, that we'll pump out later just for marketing purposes. They're going to do release dates and all that. So I can't really get into, you know, what we're going to do or how we're going to do it. Um, and, uh, but uh, it's going to be, I'll tell you this, it'll be bigger and better than it's been in the past, that's for sure. We have a really good marketing team that's been working together all summer long, putting together these creative ideas. You know, I'll wake up to an email, I'm like, wow, how the hell did they think of that? Um, <laughs> Dallas does a really good job. Uh, you know, we hired more people on this year. There's three interns, so it's getting bigger and better, and that's all I can say is yeah, it should be interesting. 
Well, if people, if people, if you you just mentioned uh, about that, and people want to go watch your video about the schedule release, that was very well done too. And I know that got a lot of that got a lot of positive feedback on on social media from that with your schedule release video. People saying that was one of the best schedule release videos that they've seen. So that's that's a kudo to you, and I, I'm sure Dallas was involved in that and and getting that put up. So that's a credit to you guys for putting that together. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, Dallas done an awesome job for us. I know he's doing a lot of work for the Knights right now, but he still finds time to help us out when he can and kind of take over that role, which is awesome to see. Man, that's amazing. So uh, the, the specialty weekends and even that, just that every weekend, just with opening weekend, we're going to do our, do our New Jersey reveal. We haven't got to wear the whites. Um, some seeing sneak peeks of them on the Twitter and social media. Uh, it's a really good look. I really like the whites. I've always been a huge, I've always voted for the whites, uh, since day one, since I was a part of this. Uh, so I'm excited to have opening weekend where we just white out the whole entire rink. Coach, I want to ask you, uh, about Vegas in general. Uh, Stephen and I were talking before you came on and I was telling him when I came up and met you, what, five, six years ago now, and I saw the dream that you guys had to, uh, to move UNLV hockey forward. And it's pretty much come to fruition. I, I think I don't know what you else you could have done that would have made it any better. But the whole community here, it really all starts with Bill Foley and, and kind of trickles down. But um, you guys don't miss a beat. I mean, pandemics. I mean, uh, the terrible events of one October. I mean, you guys just keep plowing right on through. And I, I'm wondering why other uh, cities, um, states, uh, teams can't can't do that. What's the secret here in Vegas? Oh, I don't know. That's a testament to Nick. He's put a lot of work in, like a lot of people behind the scenes that people don't know that really help us out in the program. Not going to lie, last year was a struggle. Um, financially, definitely hurt us. But uh, we grinded it out and make sure that it's right for the players. It's a good fit for everybody, and it wouldn't really happen with all the awesome donors we have here in Vegas. So kudos to all those guys for helping us out um, in a tough time. And then just hard work. And I, I guess uh, if you have a dream and a vision as a group and you guys can all stick to the same plan, then it will all come together sooner or later. Well, I can definitely say it's sooner. So I've talked to a lot of people at all different levels. As you know, I took a little road trip for 30 days to, uh, to kind of compare and see what the hockey was like. Uh, from all the different levels, and, and that was ACHA D1 National Tournament, AHL, ECHL, um, NCAA Frozen Four, USHL. Uh, I saw pretty much all of it, Coach, and I think over the last six years, things have really come together where the competition level and, and the pandemic had an effect, but um, I don't know that it's had the effect on ACHA schools like it has other places. I mean, I talked with, uh, we had Frank Serratore on the show last night from Air Force, and, and Frank said he's a little worried about some of the programs in, in NCAA hockey maybe trying to go it on their own instead of banding together as a group. But you haven't seen that in the ACHA, have you? No, I, I think it's, you know, every school is going to be you know have their own obstacles and going to go at it whatever suits their program best. So it's tough to say for other programs. I know, like I said, it was tough for us, but a little hard work, a little grunt work, we'll get through it. So I'm excited to see, like you said, last six years gone fast, definitely uh, done things that we wanted to and 
we have goals in sight that we still haven't got to yet. So we'll reach them one day, like I said, and just keep working hard at it. Well, let me ask about the uh, another thing that you guys do every year, and you were still able to do this last year, is the, the golf tournament. So what can you share about what plans are being worked on to have the uh, the annual golf tournament that you guys put on every year? Is that still planning for August, I believe, is when it usually is done? And, and what can you share about that? Yeah, you know, it's been a big, big success. It's got bigger every year. You know, it started out with 78 players and sold out the next year, and it's been sold out ever since. And last year... We had people waiting on a waiting list to, you know, fill the spots and all the sponsorships. So, again, can't thank for all the sponsors for all that help. But, uh, yeah, we're actually in the middle of finalizing. I think it's going to be Friday, August uh, 27th. As of right now, we just need to sign the contract. Uh, we'll start working on that, getting everything set up, make sure we push that out. Um, and But, uh, yeah, we're actually going to finalize that this week we've been in talks this entire week with them um just gotta work out a few different details and then go from there but we expect to see everybody out again it's a great um great event all the players are out there they kind of get to meet the donors the donors get to meet the players and um vegas is a hockey small hockey community as it is so um it's great to have everybody around um and uh meeting each other if they are, haven't already met, met each other Okay, Coach, I want to uh, close it up with you and let you go on this one. Uh, give us a little breakdown of some of these guys you uh, you have coming in, the new recruits, because you've added a bunch, and it uh, looks like a lot of talented players, but throw out some names of some guys that we need to keep an eye on. Yeah, uh, we got Zeke Ostrada, um, kids super talented, um, just a machine off the ice, super skilled, uh, Hasn't played. He had to take a year off because of his hip. Definitely, was he was going to go play in the coast this year, but kind of just wants to worry about uh, college first. You know, you can always go play pro after that. So I'm excited to see what he has. Um, Cole, AJ kid, you know, works hard, very skilled. Definitely is going to fit in here. Um, Adam Victorino comes from the um, NCDC. Skilled defenseman, you know, offensive defenseman, can play a shutdown role as well. He'll fit right in, definitely going to have impact. And then we have a transfer from Adrian right now, Luke Burke, uh, played in the NA and the BCHL before going to Adrian. Uh, wasn't a fit there, so excited to have him come. And then there's a few more guys that we just haven't signed yet. Got to work out a few of the kinks school-wise. But uh, with last year's recruiting class and this year's recruiting class, it should uh, definitely be exciting roster to put together. And it needs to be because you guys lost a few seniors last year. I was at the senior night. There was like eight or nine seniors that you left the program had their final season. So obviously having this talent pool coming in and, and keeping the, the team as good as it is, you're going to lose players. It's part of the college experience. So you have to keep, you have to keep that recruiting and you have to keep that up. And, and you guys are doing a good job with that. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's just a pipeline of players going back and forth. Um, so you got to, you know, refill the pipeline. When you lose guys like Moose and Kirk and guys like that, Connor, uh, you know, that hurts. You got to fill their roles and we'll go from there. But uh, I think uh, our staff's done a really good job of that. And 
yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm excited to get to the ice and get going here. Okay, I want to ask Scott. I want to ask one thing before. For, last thing for me is, uh, we do have an important game tonight: the NHL uh, playoff game, the Golden Knights and the Montreal Canadiens. And we'd love for you to get your thought on that. What you what you feel in tonight's game? Uh, Golden Knights up one nothing in the series, looking to go up two nothing before it goes to Montreal. You got any uh, an, anis, an analysis of of how you expect tonight's game to go and and, and the way it's going to go? Yeah, I don't know. Montreal came up really tough. Uh that first seven minutes of the game, but Fleury's playing out of his mind. So I, I don't think it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, I, I said Montreal or Vegas in five, maybe Montreal wins the game in Montreal. But I think tonight again, Fleury plays unbelievable. The offense gets rolling. Um, I just don't see Montreal's team. Uh, you know, I don't see him competing. That, that game could have been easily six, one, Five, you know, five one. So that the excuse me, the Knights dominated that game. So I can see that continue happening. Maybe Montreal steals one in Montreal, um, but I say Knights in five. Yeah, good one. I like that. I like it. Um, I'm a little bolder than you. I, I predicted a sweep because I, I think uh, the Golden Knights just have too much. But uh, I had a choice tonight, Coach. I was either going to get credentialed and go to the. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights game, or I was going to get credentialed and come see a great beer league game because I understand there's a huge one going on tonight. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I got a good beer league tilt. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Getting, getting old. The body's old. So, we'll see how it goes. So we'll have a couple phones on the bench so we can watch the game while we're playing. So, Okay, I want to ask one final thing. What in the world is Raboni doing over on vacation in Hawaii? I mean, what, can't you put some clamps on him and keep him around here? <laughs> no, nah, he works hard, so he deserves it. Him and his brother went with their girlfriends and fiance, so it's always good to get away. That's oh, something we preach uh, for our program is like family, family time and spend time with your wife or kids or girlfriend, whatever it is, so definitely happy to see him away and he gets back earlier, I think tomorrow or Friday, and we'll get right back at it. You know, and then I'll take <laughs> some time in a couple weeks and be gone. So it's definitely good to get away. Well, I definitely want to see those scorecards because he's played a lot of golf over there too. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> All right, I'm jealous, Coach. That's for sure. Yeah, I hear you, uh, Coach. We appreciate your time. Thanks for putting that schedule out early because it gives us something to talk about in the middle of summer and. Uh, we look forward to seeing uh, your team on the ice sooner rather than later. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. That's uh, Coach McNary Greener with the UNLV Skating Rebels. Stephen and I are going to take one quick break, and we'll come back to wrap up another episode of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today.
Hi, everybody. This is Jay from OxyPal. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from your sports gear and, and your gym and all that stuff. Um, in, in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line. It's called our Have a Nice Day Hand Sanitizer. Um, it is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other uh, products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and, and, and gear. Uh, this product is available here at my shop. It's available on my website at www.oxypow.com. And you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. Looking for a big school hockey college experience in a small school setting? Then Maryville University is for you. The men's team starts their third season of competition as the program adds an ACHA D2 men's team and a new ACHA women's D1 team. All three teams will call this two-sheet, 84,000-square-foot arena home, giving any player a varsity-level feel. Playing in the brand-new 2,000-seat Maryville University Hockey Center, the Saints will enjoy a first-class athletic experience as the men battle against ACHA powers such as Lindenwood, Central Oklahoma, and Missouri State. Located in the St. Louis suburbs, Maryville is the second-fastest-growing private university in the country, offering both a world-class education and a first-class athletic experience. For more, go to MaryvilleSaints.com. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. All right, we're back. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by Maryville University and the Maryville University Saints. Scott Strandy in the uh, beautiful Rio Hotel, 24th floor here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And my co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada as well. Stephen, you and I got a game to go to, so quick wrap-up uh, on uh, Coach Vigneri Green, or I'll tell you what I heard right away. Uh, I heard quiet confidence. I agree with that. I think that's a good assessment. Uh, they're, they're excited for the season. They're excited to actually finally be able to get out on the ice and, and play games and and to have that uh, season, it's not going to be an easy schedule. Um, just to kind of wrap up on that, they have 16 home games, I believe, 14 road games. So it's going to be pretty equal split of home and away, which is which is great for them. Um, they're going to play, you know, Utah, Arizona, uh, ASU, Grand Canyon, all at home and away. They're going to play University of Central Oklahoma away, and they're going to host Missouri State. So that, that pretty much breaks down the uh, the WCHL portion. They're going to have some games with Jamestown in January at City National. They're going to have a couple of games, as, as Coach Greener, Greener said, the Illinois home and away. And, uh, of course, the, that series in, against Liberty, including a 
a midnight game that they're going to do at Liberty, which which they do, and then UNLV is going to do a midnight game for the first time uh, this season against Utah. And so it's uh, exciting. Of course, Oregon too. They're going to finish the season against Oregon, that Division two team that's trying to make some noise and try to gain some traction on their uh, their pursuits to reach D one. So that's kind of the schedule breakdown in a nutshell. And and that that quiet confidence is 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 certainly feasible and and applicable and. Uh, it's going to be uh, an exciting season, and uh, they got some other things that they're working on that they're going to have for their games, as regards to promotions and other things that that will be released later on. So that's just going to make it exciting to to check out a UNLV game uh, in the near future, which will be uh, the first game October first, and they can't get here soon enough. Okay, so my final word for you before you do the read is get to the website, take a look at that ACHA uh, page. Uh, if you know of anybody that would like to sponsor one of those spots, but before uh, below one of their favorite teams, by all means, reach out to us. Uh, IcetimeHockeySW.com is the website. Also, get to our Twitter accounts at IcetimeSW and uh, all the other variety ones, ITHSW Podcast. And certainly tune in every Wednesday night to uh, hear what you and I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> hear what we have to say. I'm speechless on that again. Which sometimes is which sometimes is is more than other weeks. We we really we've. I, I want to look back at this last year. We we've spent a lot of time trying to to fill time, and and boy, it's it's been a it's been tough sometimes. But we've managed to do it, and and we've done a. I think we've done a pretty good job of it, and and just finding things to do. We've we've had great guests. And, all, all right, don't don't. Throw your shoulder out, trying to pat yourself on the back. Just do the read. <laughs> let's move on. We've got a hockey game to go to a big one at T-Mobile. That's right. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey has presented Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, brought to you by Verizon Wireless, the 5G and 5G Ultraman for business that America has been waiting for. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey, big city feel, intimate setting, patient, and a first-class hockey experience. Caesars Entertainment, Worldwide. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra smooth, Arizona owned. Go to canciontequila.com to get your bottle today. By OxyPow, visit our full line of natural cleaning products at oxypow.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. You know Scott was there, where it always seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than to actually eat it. By Summer Skates, summer's coming. Really, it's here now. And Ice is going to need some help. Get your personalized koozies and more. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. The University of Arizona by M-Drive, presenting partner of what drives you. M-Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Behind the Mask. In the net, up the ice, or in line, serving the Arizona hockey community and beyond since 1994. See us at BehindTheMask.com. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey's Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by Maryville University and Maryville Hockey is a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. And I agree with Coach uh, Vigneri Greener. I think uh, Golden Knights will win the series in five games, um, which would be great because then they would get to clinch it on home ice. But we'll have more on that coming up soon. Okay, that's uh, a great rundown, and uh, I will see you shortly. 
as we head on over to T-Mobile for uh, Game 2 between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Montreal Canadiens at beautiful T-Mobile Arena. Good night, everybody.